Welcome back to the third installment of my podcast series, which will focus on ERP implementations and how to ensure your organization is set up for success before the implementation even kicks off. Implementations are more commonplace than ever these days. Nearly every company has a strategic objective of trimming down their administrative waste to the bottom line. And nearly every outcome of those strategic discussions with the board of directors leads to selecting a shiny new ERP platform that's expected to make everyone's lives easier. However, there is one massive undertaking that ironically increases stress instead, the actual implementation journey itself. As a seasoned finance transformation advisor, I have had the unfortunate experience of being inserted midway through multiple large-scale implementations where the strategy was destined to fail. As with many other business initiatives, ensuring the strategy has been set up the right way up front is the only way to guarantee it does not get derailed at a more critical project juncture. Below are my top five warning signs preceding a lackluster implementation. Not to be taken in order of importance, but simply because they are the most common in my professional career. Number one, internal under-resourcing. Nearly every company executive has announced during its kickoff phase that the organization is, air quotes, committed to the success of the upcoming implementation by selecting our best resources to focus exclusively on this important initiative and air quotes, or something along these lines. There could not be a further disconnect from the truth, as the reality of most ma managers and their teams are obligated to participate in requirements gathering, design working sessions, system testing, and change management programs in addition to sustaining their full-time responsibilities. Because these internal employees are hardly ever backfilled to transition onto these project roles, they are burning the midnight oil, working overtime every single day, and sometimes even weekends, just to keep up with the dual nature of their jobs. This creates an atmosphere that quickly leads to burnout and disillusionment with the executive sponsoring team. Predictably, the end product is a frustrated project team and a half-baked product design for go-live. Number two, drafting a suboptimal request for a proposal, or RFP. Customers are always looking for the best way to spend the least amount of money that it takes to deliver the minimum viable model for their company to go live without disruption to the core finance processes. More often than not, Critical work streams in the overall program plan are left to the devices of the customer themselves. The three that come to my mind that almost always receive very little attention are change management, test strategy and execution, and reporting strategy. After the customer has selected its implementation partner and the SOW is being reviewed and redlined, these are given little attention. Then, the project kicks off and the implementation partner shares its team's organizational structure, which usually includes an army of developers and just a couple of program leads with no strong business analysis skills 
to develop the necessary documentation to help guide the customer through the project. Inevitably, the customer is normally left holding the bag with a transformation strategy that is virtually non-existent and has to scramble to evaluate whether the design is actually robust enough to serve the needs of its finance team. Furthermore, the most well-known implementation partners are exclusively focused on maintaining high margins for their consulting practice and purposely staff junior level personnel for the majority of the roles. This is a recipe for certain disaster. Number three, lack of cross-functional impact analysis and communication. Most project teams are set up by functional area or modules as they are commonly referred to by ERP vendors and follow a silo construct, meaning they work independent of each other to drive the deliverables for their respective work stream. Now, this works fine when none of the modules need to talk to each other, but what ERP product do you know of where none of the modules intersect? There's a simple answer, none. All ERP platforms are interconnected and can impact each other in detrimental ways if the configuration is not understood at a detailed level. Take a moment and visualize your traditional hub and spoke distribution model with the general ledger sitting in the center and the spokes representing transactional feeds like expenses, vendor invoices, and other transactional data. Let's take an example to put these concepts into action. ABC Company is a mid-sized consulting advisory services firm with a revenue model based on contracts tailored to the type of work being performed for its clients. Its most common contractual arrangements are time materials and fixed fee. In order for ABC Company's finance team to track consultant utilization and account for its capitalization costs accurately, it requires its employees to record time to specific project codes to achieve this objective. Based on this summary, project costing, contract management, time entry, and revenue are modules that all have touch points involved. When a consultant records his time to the incorrect project, this causes unwinding of rework to all of the aforementioned modules. Even with this simple example, you can already see how the spider's web of modules easily becomes entangled. It is simply amazing that I continue to see this pattern occur again and again where modular-based teams invest very little in communicating impact touch points with each other. Number four, lack of rationalization and or cleanup initiatives prior to program kickoff. Most customers know they have organization-wide rationalization initiatives that should be undertaken before they even begin thinking about transitioning to a new platform. However, the reality is that many of them wait until months after the implementation has kicked off to even start executing on these initiatives, which is just altogether nonsensical and increases the chances that internal resources that are dedicated to the execution of the project will burn out. Refer to my first point. Let's take ABC Company again as an example. Six months before the implementation is slated to begin, 
the CFO knows that they will be scaling down operations in the APAC region due to the significant losses in margins and lack of net new client revenue. As a result, there is an opportunity to rationalize the number of legal entities that should remain active in that region. The ideal way to approach this situation is to dedicate internal resources during the six-month pre-implementation timeframe to analyze and identify those target entities that can be liquidated or effectively inactivated. The typical way that this is approached, however, is that there's a mad scramble while the implementation is already underway and even in its design phase, or even worse, after the design phase is closed and the tenant is already being configured for testing. This creates an inevitable constant moving target where data is never static and the build iterations become less and less meaningful since none of the master data can be relied upon to be up to date. Finally, because the build environment is a moving target, confidence in proper preparation for go-live continues to decline exponentially. And last but not least, number five, do not underestimate enablement activities as part of implementation pre-planning. What are enablement activities, you ask? I define them as the following, in order of sequential importance this time. Number one, identifying personnel to fill key project roles and or establishing a project charter. Number two, defining the project delivery and or plan. And number three, discovery sessions, also referred to as conference room pilots. The above three activities should never be underestimated when deciding to proceed with transitioning from your current ERP platform to a new one. If all three are not carefully understood, evaluated, and actioned, then it puts your organization in an adverse strategic position for the actual implementation. If one or more of these are, are omitted prior to the actual kickoff, your team will be in for some serious growing pains later on. For a moment, let's pretend your organization happens to be one of the few that accomplishes all three aforementioned activities. Even in that case, if these documents are not communicated and shared equally with all key core project team members, then significant disconnects can occur between team members which will inevitably create bottlenecks during design and also during build project phases. These are my top five tips and tricks to avoid an ERP implementation going poorly. If you'd like to learn more about ERP implementation advice, pre-planning, or just need some help in a pinch, please feel free to contact me, Anthony Perosi, at FT2OM LLC to talk a little bit more about your needs and experience. You can contact me at Anthony Perosi, all one word, at FT2OM.com, or you can reach out via phone at 703-302-0464. Thank you for your attention, and I hope to hear from you soon.